Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. Who else you know around the city doing it better than this? Just say look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, the Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Come on, come on. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Jeff. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. Hope you guys are enjoying your week. Football time starts today. I cannot wait. I'm glad that you were able to join us as per customary. Bonjour, konnichiwa, olo, kama, star, good day, a, udenteg, good day, mate, and what's poppin'? It's me, the fantasy football fiend himself, Zay. I got my man, Young Vander, on with us. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy fiends, what's going on out there? I got my main man, Bro Joe, on with us. I let people bro Joe. What's up? What's up? All right, so we got your news coming at you. We got your matchups. We got your rapid fire 10 coming at you. Action packed show. Let's hop right into it with your news. And now your fantasy news. Not a whole lot of news today, but several pieces of the news are quite important to several teams so let's hop right into it looks like Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard both are going to miss this evening's contest on the COVID list that's going to bring up some interesting strategies and um, kind of player pivots if you will on this evening we'll kind of get into the matchups and how that's going to be affected on the next segment but both Adams and Lazard are on the COVID-19 list. The thing that always puzzles me about this is how do you have two wide receivers out of the entire wide receiver room and not the starting or backup quarterback in close contact to these receivers? How was the only person Adams was close to Lazard? That don't make sense to me. Uh, I believe that um, Lazard is uh, unvaccinated. Oh, yeah. So I believe that plays a part in the whole close contact uh, deal. Gotcha. So they probably uh, test everybody in the wide receiver room. But being that he's unvaccinated, he go by a different set of rules than vaccinated players. Gotcha. Gotcha. Didn't realize they had two different sets of rules because last year they did it a little bit differently. Yeah, but you 100 percent right. I think the way they're doing it is if you're vaccinated and, and you are in close contact, as long as you have a negative test. Correct. then you're good to go. But if you're unvaccinated, you got to stay away for whatever their minimum amount of time is. I think it's like five days or something like that. That makes sense. Okay. Right. Yeah, you got to have two negative tests within, uh, I think, 24 hours of a part or whatever. So you got two tests, two negative tests leading to the game. So say, for instance, if the Packers were playing on Sunday, Devontae would probably be playing. Yeah, that makes sense. But, yeah, uh, those those Thursday games throw a little curveball in to several situations. Looking at a same game, injury from the same game, um, different team, J.J. Watt is now out for the season. So that vaunted Arizona Cardinals defense just took another blow uh, with J.J. Watt being out. I'm not 100% for certain whether or not Chandler Jones is back. Um, so they may be a little light on the defensive line this evening. 
which I'm sure Green Bay will welcome Sanders how they have issues of their own. But J.J. Watt out for the season. Um, do you guys think that J.J. Watt might be kind of going the same direction of Julio Jones and several other stars that we've come to know and love, but they, they just can't hold it together health-wise? Most definitely, man. I, I definitely That's a pretty good uh, comparison. I think he does fall in line with a guy like a Julio. The talent is still there. The body is saying no. You know what I mean? My mind is telling me no. But my body, <laughs> my body is telling me yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that's what, what we're dealing with right here. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. We have a little bit more info on the injury that we spoke on previously. Uh, Zach Wilson, we now know, is going to be out two to four weeks with his uh, – he has a grade two, I want to say it was PCL in his knee. I'm having issues there. Along with that, the Jets traded for Joe Flacco uh, this week. So Joe Flacco going forward will be the starting quarterback. Not this week, though. Um, apparently, Joe Flacco won't actually be a part of the team until Friday, they said. So he's coming in on dress rehearsal day, essentially. So they are attempting to get him ready for next week, but it doesn't seem as if he's going to go this week. I got to say, this might be one of those games that the Jets just wish never happened. I, I don't I don't see how they're going to be able to even make it competitive this week. I could see I could see it going way left real fast, especially with this backup to the backup to the backup QB that should have never been a backup QB. I mean, like, if you can't come in and do your job when called upon, what was the point of being there the whole time? Like, like a lot of these backup QBs, I think they're just like the, the coach's friend or something like that. They're just trying to get them a check. And then when it comes time to actually have to play, it's like, wow, you are trash. Right. But what do you It's do? funny. It's funny, right? Because the Jets went through the same thing a few years ago, remember? Remember they had the backup that came in and he was horrible. Like he was getting like one, two fancy points a week. And I'm trying to remember. Um, I can't remember his name because he's, he's not even in the league no more. Mm, it's the okay. same situation. And I agree with you. You got these guys that's like the third string guy, really. And when it's time, when it comes time to play, they're not prepared and they don't even look like NFL quarterbacks. Like, what have you been yeah, doing? It looks, <laughs> I mean, it, they look completely lost out there. So I think the kid Mike White will start for this week and this week only, and they'll get Joe Flacco in there. Mike, uh, okay. <laughs> I can't look. I can't wait to get to, to, to that matchup in the play the uh, Cincinnati Bengals defense. Absolutely, uh, everybody. <laughs> absolutely, it might get a little bit out of hand at that. One. It, it, look, we'll talk about it in the matchups because I was about to get a little bit deeper into it. Let's keep on. Let's keep going with the news. We have Josh Jacobs, who looks to be back after the box, as we thought on last episode. Um, his chest contusion ended up not being all that serious. Um, they are out this week on bye, but next week he should be good to go. Tyrod Taylor resumes practice. Um, so it is looking as if he's going to give it a go this week. We know with hamstrings, they can be kind of tricky. So I wouldn't just assume that Davis Mills is is officially done just yet. But Tyrod has resumed practicing. Likewise, Gronk has resumed practicing. So those of you that were depending on Gronk's points, it looks like you may be able to get him back this coming week, which is a beautiful thing because Antonio Brown was seen at practice, but on the sidelines um, with crutches. So his issue seems to be lingering. We, we're not exactly sure whether or not he's going to even attempt to give it a go this week, but it doesn't look too good. Miles Sanders had an ankle injury. He's been listed as week to week. And 
just a quick complaint from me about <laughs> a lot of these fantasy sites. I don't understand why if someone gets knocked out of the game, obviously that they're, they're they're injured, so they're out of the game. They're being listed as week to week, but you still have them as questionable and unable to be moved to the IR spot. Get off your ass, Yahoo. I don't I don't get it. Like, like it, it, he, he's not going. His coach said he's week to week, not day to day. Not we'll see uh, on Friday or Saturday, you know, or he'll give it a go in, in, in warm ups. No, he's week to week. Change the designation. They did the same thing with uh, Baker Mayfield last week. Just my soapbox right quick. Miles Sanders looks like he may be out. And it's funny because I feel like he was just starting to get traction. I mean, he was he was going for five yards a clip from last week. He only had six carries, but he had 30 yards. So it's a it's a possibility that had he not suffered that injury, that that may have been the game that kind of got him back on track. But I do like what I saw in that game from him. And I do like what the coach was saying after the game as far as making sure that they, they get him involved uh, quite a bit more often. I don't have any thoughts on him. Um, you coaches say this all the time. I mean, they'll say, hey, we got to get this guy more touches, get him involved. And they get five carries, six carries. So they just have a horrible play calling thing going on over there. I mean, even when they play against teams, that's not good against the run. They failed to run the ball. So uh, I think it's time to get a new play caller over there in Philadelphia for sure, especially if they're going to keep the same personnel that they have, unless, you know, with um, Hurts. Do not play Miles Sanders. Don't even play him at a flex spot. That's really my opinion when it comes to him. Joe, I know that was your guy. Do you see the future brightening up for him, or are you in step with Vander's thoughts that this is someone that you just want to steer clear of at least until he shows and proves. Uh, it's a show and prove thing. I honestly am, am still high on him. I would honestly go to say he's probably the best player on the team. He just he's hardly utilized, it, and it's it's baffling. You see a lot of people in the you know Philadelphia community like get him involved, just like we we heard with Nagy getting Montgomery involved. Mm-hmm. We're looking at a top five talent, if not better than that, but he never gets a chance to show it. But the X rays was negative, so even though it looked bad. Like you said, he's genuinely week to week. I would hold him out another two, but I, I would like you said, like Van said, show and prove, man. But he's definitely an elite talent. We got Baker Mayfield who is back in practice. Baker Baker may need to have a seat, but I understand his issue or his mindset, if you will. Um, he he's in a position similar to I would say like a a couple of other people that that we've been talking about where you're hurt, but you got to give it a go because if you don't, there's someone nipping on your heels trying to take your job. So I think with Baker seeing that Case Keenum. Obviously knows the offense. I actually Case Keenum spent as much uh, more time in the Stavansky offense than Baker has to this point. Um, when he was running that offense over in Minnesota, so you're in the middle of the organization having to make a decision on whether or not to pay you north of thirty million a year, while seeing someone who's only getting paid ten mil a year producing the same numbers that you do, and that person didn't didn't have their first string or second string running back in didn't have their first or second string wide receiver in for a good bit of the game and still put up the points that Baker does on any given week. If I'm the Browns organization, I'm either going for the gusto and going after an elite quarterback, or I might actually go with a Case Keenum type that I don't have to pay very much, but then I can afford to put maximum weapons around them and maximize the defense as well. 
I, I definitely understand why Baker feels like he needs to be back, but I just kind of feel like you can't put him in the game because fantasy wise, because he falls on that shoulder and it doesn't even have to be a huge hit. He falls on that shoulder. He's going to be out for the game. He doesn't normally put up very many points anyway, but to only get a half game or for him to get hit in the first quarter and for you to get next to nothing, I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't risk it. I, I'm kind of, I'm off of Baker unless I'm in a two quarterback league and he's my backup to the backup just in case other people get hurt or bye weeks, things of that nature. That way, at least I don't take a zero. I think the Browns should be on the horn with the Houston Texans as well. You know, there's a lot of teams out here like the Dolphins and Panthers who, who just dropped out of the running, but this is another team that needed to be on the horn. Baker is not a franchise quarterback. So I don't think Baker's concerned about Case taking his job. He's just concerned about even not being the man no more. Because Case would be just a fill-in until they can find the guy again. True, true. Um, So, man, like, give him the horn. Like, give him Odell Beckham. Give them uh, the picks they want and bring Deshaun Watson in. They would be ready for a Super Bowl immediately. And actually, that's a great segue, Vander, um, into the last piece of news. The Watson saga is going to end within five days, one way or another, or at least for this year. The NFL trade deadline is next Tuesday, November the 2nd. And by next Tuesday, he will either be on another team. And now we'll be talking about whether or not uh, Roger Goodell is going to put him on the commissioner's exempt list. I saw some news this week, and this was a quote from Goodell, that they don't have enough information from law enforcement to put him on the exempt list. And it kind of makes sense. If, if you look at the people that have gone on the exempt list previous, these guys were on video. They were, in, in the case of like um, Adrian Peterson, there were pictures running rampant around pictures of his son where, where he had supposedly abused his son and all that kind of good stuff. So, I mean, like in, in a lot of these instances where the exempt list was used, there was there was a bit of certainty in what actually happened. Right now in the Watson case, there are 22 people saying it, but it's still he said, she said. And the fact that the FBI is involved in not investigating Watson, but involved in trying to figure out whether several of these ladies are committing extortion, that in of itself puts the NFL in a difficult position. Because if you sit somebody who's been extorted, you just victimize the victim. So because they don't know, they they kind of, in my estimation, if he goes somewhere where he is willing to play, they kind of got to you know give him a little bit of leeway until more information comes about. And within five days, we're going to know something one way or another. With the season finale coming up real soon in the uh, Deshaun Watson story. So, Well, I think uh, the Dolphins, who do they play Sunday? Buffalo. They, yeah. they, they're about to take another loss for sure. Sunday. All right. So a trade happened on Monday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the point I'm getting to. Yeah. A trade happened on Monday. They go they out there and get, they get spanked Sunday. by Buffalo. Yeah. And it's like a 42 to 10 game or something like that. And then Ross is going to say, look, either y'all do this. Or you're going to be out of here Tuesday morning. You know what I mean? It's going to be one of those deals. And, and to give done. you an idea of what the numbers are looking like, and we'll definitely get more into it on the matchup show, but but your your numbers are, are, are pretty close to being right. Right now, the prediction is Buffalo 40, Miami's basically seven. Hey, um, I was right on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so um, I don't see how they can possibly hang with them, but we'll get that into the matchup. Any other news items that I yes. am neglecting to speak yes. on? Okay. We do well, have we got... um, 
Mark Ingram going back to New Orleans. Yes, yes, we do. So I thought that was a really big move. Fantasy-wise, of course, um, I think this kind of paves the way for Philip Lindsay. I see Philip Lindsay in a lot of leagues on the waiver. So I hopefully, picked him up yesterday, as soon as I saw that news. Right. Yep. So hopefully you went and grabbed this guy in your league. I do think uh, Mark Ingram will probably be rejuvenated, have a lot more goal line carries back to that old way in New Orleans. But I do like one running back less in Houston and maybe Lindsey get a little bit more carries and then they'll let uh, Johnson do maybe more of the third down receiving role. So, Joe, let me ask you this. How do you think that Mark Ingram showing up is going to affect Kamara? Because now he's not going to have the volume that he had. That That's the whole reason that they went out to get Ingram. But at the same time, the offense doesn't have as much firepower as they used to. So him just marching up and down the field, accumulating yards is unlikely to happen as well. How do we see this affecting Kamara? I love it, actually. Okay. I just mean less less running, more passing. More, you know, more catching the pass out okay. of the backfield. Okay. PPR um, league, I, I can see that. Okay. This is going to be dynamic. I think it all comes into play with Michael Thomas being the last piece. But this really mm, puts Kamara yeah. in a really fine position because they already had the most in the box right now. I think they're like like five or six with the like eight-man box. This, this dude about to eat. And I like Mark. I like Mark Ingram too as a flex now coming back into his role. He doesn't have to do anything in this offense. So I'm I'm big on both of them actually. The uh, opposite end of that, I, I know this previous game at least David Johnson got a little bit more run in Houston than what Lindsey did. So are are we for certain that Lindsey is the next man up in in not Johnson? I think still Lindsey because Houston just played Arizona, so that was just like a. Look here, David. We're going to try to help you play against your old team, get in the end zone, blah, blah, blah. Got Some you. payback okay. revenge game. But Lindsley is the better runner, in my opinion, out of the two, um, at least as of late. I mean, I know David Johnson we used to know three, four years ago, but that's not a David Johnson of, as of today. So right now, the better runner out of the backfield would be Lindsay. So I think Lindsay would benefit more. And that pretty much wraps up your news. Let's get into this rapid fire 10. And now rapid fire 10, 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. All right, let's get right into it. Who do I start? Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater. Winston or Bridgewater. They are two peas in the same Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde pot. Um, so that's... That's a really good one to start and out. Jameis is going against Tampa Bay, by the way. I definitely love that matchup as far as the secondary is concerned. I, I guess I guess I'm gonna have to go with I guess I'm gonna have to go with Winston on this one. This might be a I'm, Winston week. I'm going Teddy against Washington. <laughs> That's Another bad defense. I mean <laughs> I mean, but Tampa Bay is horrible on the back end, so don't forget that. Yeah, Wait, yeah. Who they just played? Cause they just they held somebody down uh, remarkably actually last game. What was, oh, that was Chicago. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and speaking of that, do I play Justin Fields or Mike White? Fields, give me Fields. If the starter wasn't good enough to put up fantasy points, I don't see the backup. It's 
especially in this situation, because in this situation, the backup isn't a savvy veteran that already knows the playbook that's just kind of waiting in the wings for his turn should it come. This guy, I've never seen anything on him. And when he came in last week, he looked horrible. And the fact that they already traded for Joe Flacco tells me that the team doesn't think that he can even hold it together for the two, three weeks that Wilson's going to be gone. So I'm not touching Mr. White. I would. I mean, I, I just, I don't believe in the Bears, man. Especially going against the 49ers. No, I'm all right. I'd rather go against the Jets. <laughs> we have another quarterback question. So it's going to be Case Keenum or Jimmy Garoppolo? Garoppolo. Because Keenum, it looks like Keenum won't go this week. Baker Mayfield started practicing on Wednesday. Um, okay. Wednesday was a limited practice, but the fact that he was practicing at all on Wednesday indicates that he plans to go on Sunday unless there's some type of a setback. And as of today, there hasn't been. So I got to go with the guy that's most likely to play. And Trey Lance is still uh, recovering from his injury. So I don't think there's much of a chance he's going to be a factor this week as far as Jimmy is concerned. Yeah, I'll go Garoppolo. All right, we got Khalil Herbert or Ice Kuba Hubbard. <laughs> so Herbert or Hubbard? <laughs> uh I got to go against the guy that just put up a, a hundred yards on the best run defense in the league. So uh, it's the easy one for me. Give me Khalil. I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm gonna go with Hubbard. I already I already like him a lot. I've been talking about him a lot. I think this is a, a hundred yard game easy. I think he's gonna have a hundred and fifty total yards against Atlanta. Oh, it is Atlanta too. So this one is a flex question: JD McKissick or Boston Scott? Oh, that's a good one. I'm going with JD. I gotta go with Boston. Just this just this week. In a vacuum, I would pick JD 100 out of 100 times. With Sanders being week to week, unlikely to play this week, the Sanders role is probably going to be, nope, never mind. I just talked myself out of it. I don't want the Sanders role. I don't even want Sanders in the Sanders role. Never mind. Exactly. <laughs> never mind. Sometimes if you talk long enough, you make, you'll make sense to yourself. Yeah, that, nah, okay, never mind. Going off uh, something we talked about in the news, David Johnson or Philip Lindsay? David Johnson, easy. Give me Johnson just because with Houston, they most likely are going to be playing from behind no matter who they face, but especially with their opponent this week. Um, so the pass catching guy is the one most likely to get run. I think they're going to be in a similar situation as you were explaining with going against Arizona. But instead of it being like a, a revenge factor, it's just simply we got to throw the ball from minute one to the last minute of the fourth quarter. So we're going to put the guy in that's most likely to catch the ball. And Lindsey is not good at pass catching. So. OK, on the return, Jerry Judy or Julio Jones? Jerry Judy. Mm, I got to go Julio. As long as he's playing and as long as there is no obvious injury, I think the Titans are kind of getting right, if you will. And we still are viewing them as what we saw in that, you know, in those first couple of games. They've been tearing it up since then. They, they beat two teams that a lot of people have as their Super Bowl picks. So they're, they're coming along. I'm going to have to go with my, my Titan there. All right. We got Odell Beckham Jr. or Randall Cobb. Oh, Randall Cobb. Yeah. I haven't heard any additional information on Odell's shoulder. Um, He looked like he was in quite a bit of pain this previous week. I think I'm going to have to go with Cobb being that 
there aren't really many passing options. The number one receiver this evening might mess around and end up being Aaron Jones. So I like, I yeah. definitely like Cobb. And just as an aside, if you have any iffy players in your tight end position and Robert Tunyon is still available to you, I would go ahead and grab Robert Tunyon for this evening's contest. But you know what? One thing on that, though, you, um, the Arizona Cardinals, I want to say it's the best in the league against the tight end. So that's something also to monitor. I know a lot of people want to say, hey, get Tunyon. It looks good. But I don't even think they gave up a receiving touchdown yet to a tight end this year. So That might something. have something to do with it being a little bit easier to score on them with your wide receivers based on their number two and number three cornerbacks not really being up to snuff. So. Or maybe it got something to do with Buda Baker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> indeed. 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 You know um, what I mean? So. Sometimes no. things just happen out of necessity, though. And when there's literally nobody else, who do we have? Uh, Equinemius St. Brown? And like I'm trying to figure out who their starters are going to be at wide receiver. Like Cobb is not an outside receiver. He's well, still going to uh, play his same role. Well, uh, Scatlin is actually taking the trip. Um, okay. So he's off IR. He's going to, yeah, he's going to be a game time. So I think he's going to probably maybe test it out before the game and see if he's a go. That's dangerous because, I mean, he he's a, he's a, a off and on guy when he's 100% healthy, but but coming off of an injury and, and kind of hoping that he's that he's back to being himself. And in all likelihood, he would have not even gone tonight if it wasn't for the other wide receivers being hurt. I don't know. Um, but so we got Scantling, Equinemius, St. Brown, and Cobb as Rodgers one, two, and three if MVS goes. If he doesn't go, I don't even know who their other wide receiver is, to be honest with you. Okay, and this one is a funny one. Never thought he'll be against this guy, but we got Tyler Lockett or A.J. Green. Easy. A.J. Green, all day. Mm. Oh. I know this is difficult, though. That's, <laughs> your, that's your man. That's your squad. Yeah, and, and Lockett is so boomer bust. We can have this conversation, and then this weekend he go off for 150 yards, three touchdowns. But I'm going to go Green. I think this is a great matchup, you know, um, with Hopkins playing hurt, I think this is the most opportune time for Green to go off. And it seems to be the chemistry between him and Murray is amazing, man. Almost as good as his relationship with Kirk. Murray got a great relationship with all his receivers, but I think it's going to be a good matchup for, for Green to definitely score twice. Okay, and last but not least, we got Zach Ertz or CJ, I feel sorry, for Uzama. Give me Ertz. The fact that, that he was getting a little bit of run in week one prior to having very much practice or prior to being able to build uh, much of that same camaraderie, if you will, or chemistry that uh, Joe was just speaking to with some of the other receivers, he's going to follow that same path. And they use uh, a lesser than tight end quite a bit with Max Williams. So having this guy who they literally went and traded for, I got a feeling that he's going to be a big part of their game going forward. Yeah, I'm going to go on the other side with Uzuma. I, I, th I think the writing is on the wall that, that they're going to feature him heavily in this offense, especially with coverage need being rolled to chase. And I think this is a great exploitation for him with the matchup tonight with uh, Ertz. I think it's ideal for him to have a good game, but I don't know. It's more wait and see. So that concludes our rapid fire 10 rapid fire 10. Right, matchup time. Let's hop right into it. So, starting with tonight's matchup, we have the Green Bay Packers going up against the Arizona Cardinals. 
This is a 50 and a half point over under and a six and a half point spread with Green Bay being the underdogs. This spread changed from being three to being six and a half after the news of Devontae Adams. Didn't change at all as far as after hearing about Lazard, but Adams accounted for three points. I know you're saying, well, yeah, he's, you know, one of the best wide receivers out there, but just numbers wise that you don't really see that very often unless a quarterback gets hurt. You don't, you don't really see a wide receiver um, affect the Vegas line so much. So um, the implied point total here is green Bay with 18.7 Arizona with 29.1. Is it a start them? If you got them, what are you considering in this matchup? As a pivot in this matchup, uh, I do like Randall Cobb. Uh, that's f- first and foremost. I do see Aaron Jones catching a lot more balls out of the backfield, being that they're going to be down a lot of pass catchers. So they probably like to get him a lot uh, involved, screens and things of that nature. But I do like the Cardinals winning this game. I think you should fire up every Cardinal that you have. Um, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a really interesting game, though. I think uh, Rodgers is going to make it interesting, even though he's down a lot of his weapons. So, Joe, as far as the running back is concerned, I know Vander mentioned Aaron Jones. Do you think that Aaron Jones is going to be in a position where he should get more fantasy points based on usage or volume? Or do you think it's going to kind of hamper him because a lot of the area that he normally has to work with is due to the safety not paying attention to the running back because they have to help out the corner on Adams? He's one of those guys. He's going to either give us four touchdowns tonight or he's going to have a regular game. And I mean regular is 100 total yards and maybe a touchdown. Um, like you said, not having Devontae is huge. And if they had Lazard, then you would think, okay, he's all right. Um, it's tough. And then, believe it or not, A.J. Dillon is catching the ball out of the backfield as well. I don't think it's going to stop him during the red zone. But the game script, they're really a slow-paced team compared to somebody like uh, Cardinals that just run up the field and have a highly amount of play. So with him, I'm going to give him benefit of doubt. I think he's going to have good usage tonight, but I am keeping my eyes out on A.J. Dillon tonight, definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. Also, I want to um, chime back in. Um, being that they are, I just thought about it, being that they are down a good bit of pass catches, the run may be more to focus. I mean, because the Cardinals are better against the pass than the run. So maybe we will see uh, A.J. Dillon get, a lot more carries this game. So it may be a running back thing. Maybe they won't pass as much. Maybe they'll pound it, switch it up. Makes sense to me, especially with them suffering several injuries on that defensive line. I'm You're going to get right. more traction there like than you that. can with the secondary that's kind of firing on all cylinders right now. You have the Rams going up against the Texans. <laughs> you have a 47.5 point over under here uh, with the Rams being the favorites by 14.5 points. So I kind of feel like the Rams are being disrespected. <laughs> 14 and a half is a hell of a uh, spread, but so this game is Rams, in Houston. This game is in Houston. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's probably been 17. Mm-hmm. If it was home, right. Okay. Well, so, I mean, this, so, that's, I mean, not really. I mean, think about it. That's, that's a big spread in NFL. Yes, but not when you just lost to Arizona by like over 20. And, and when I'm looking at what Houston actually has on their offense, and I'm looking at what the Rams have on their defense. I don't see, I mean, the best player you got on Houston right now is Brandon Cooks. Good luck with Cooks against Ramsey. You got Lindsey and David Johnson going up against Donalds. I don't see where they're going to get their 
springboard for their already lackluster offense. I can see this one being even worse than what happened against Arizona. Well, Tyrod Taylor, Taylor is coming back. Tyrod didn't play last week when Arizona handed them boys that that beating. So this is true. With Tyrod being able to move around the pocket, things of that nature, I think it'd be a lot better. I don't think they're gonna win. I don't think it's gonna be close. But I think it won't be as bad as you think. We shall see, because I'm I'm expecting an ass whipping in this one. <laughs> we got the uh, 49ers going up against the Bears. Uh, this one is actually supposed to be pretty close. The over under is at 39 and a half, so quite a, a lower over under. But it makes sense because the strength of both teams at the moment is actually their defense. Well, the the strength of Chicago, at least San Fran's defense, hasn't been what it was in the past. We're looking at an implied point total of only a a one point different in the excuse me the predicted score at least which uh the predicted score is uh 21 to 20 the spread is only four points uh with chicago being the underdog by four so what do you guys like or dislike about this one uh yeah <laughs> I, I probably would agree with that um if you must play any one of this i would go with mitchell it's always good to go with a running yeah. back for the 49ers. He actually has been running the ball pretty well. Hasn't had a lot of carries. The 49ers seem like Shanahan seemed like he kind of got out of his own way last week and just got back to calling normal plays again and not calling all the uh, fancy stuff. So um, he did look good running the ball. So I would still play Mitchell, but everyone else. And, and, and of course, Debo Samuel as well. He's been playing well. So you don't see true, these guys true. at all, but not a fan of uh, most uh, players on both teams as well. But Herbert. No, don't forget Khalil Herbert. If you got him, fire him up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah, the 49ers yeah. are not very good against the run. You know what I mean? So definitely fire Khalil Herbert up if you have him on your squad as well. For sure. I'm going to pray A-Rob gets busy. He has to. Against Josh Norman. I mean, come on. You better pray fast. Get what? baptized. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, do, do, get some rosary beads. Like, like you get some holy water. You're you going to need all of that because like, it's just not clicking. Nah, like know. my boy Sony Tell. Boy, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever their best corner is going to have to cover Mooney because, whatever reason, Justin Fields, just like Baker Millfield with OBJ, he doesn't seem to want to target the open guy. A rival, this guy gets 60 yards in the tutty, you know, this weekend. We got the Dolphins going up against the Bills. This one is a 13 and a half point spread with the over under being at 49 and a half. And the predicted score being somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 to 7. So, yeah, this may be the straw that breaks the camel's back as far as Tua Tungavaloa is concerned. The fact that Deshaun Watson is now indicating that he's only willing to waive his no trade clause for the Dolphins, it kind of uh, ties the hands of the Texans. If they're really looking to move them and the Dolphins are giving them any type of a deal that's in the realm of what they're looking for on Monday after this game, understanding that this isn't just a, a a happenstance. This is a team that's on the come up. Buffalo has a lot of young players that Miami is going to have to see and deal with for the next several years. So once they see that ass whipping come about, that may be, like I said, the final straw. The owner is just like, look, either you can do it or I can find somebody else to do it. In my opinion, the the GM and head coach need to be looking at this from a perspective of if we don't get this done, we probably aren't going to have the luxury of spending the picks that we're attempting to not spend anyway because you're going to be gone regardless. So 
look, if you're going to hand me money and say, if I don't get the groceries that you want, I'm not actually going to have a kitchen anymore. I'm going to go buy the groceries that you want. You pay for the groceries, you pay for the kitchen. Let's get it going. It may actually save their jobs. I, I don't I don't see why you wouldn't just go for the gusto and see what happens in this particular situation. You'd be essentially putting yourself in a similar position that the Rams did. They don't have a first round pick. I don't think until like 2030. <laughs> but, but I mean, they have the ingredients for the recipe needed, even though they don't have the draft picks because you can still make trades. You can still get uh, veterans in the offseason as far as free agency is concerned. And people are more likely to come there when they see that you already have the nucleus of a championship team already put together. They already have the defense. They actually have the pieces on offense. And if Watson maximized that offense, I could see them standing toe-to-toe or beating any team in the division. But we have the Dolphins again going up against the Bills. What you guys got? The last time these two guys played was 35 nothing. If I'm the Dolphins, I don't do anything. I may actually decrease my offer because if Deshaun's telling me that, hey, this is the only team I'm waving, I'll wait for him in the offseason. I'll keep my picks, take my beating, get a high draft pick from next year if they have a pick, and uh, and just add Deshaun Watson to that. I'll probably trade two anyway. You know, I know Deshaun wasn't coming. I'll probably just trade two to get some more capital and just – and just pray that Deshaun will just come to me in the offseason because if, if this is the only team you want to go to, then I'll just stay put. Because like you just said, the Texans are the one that need to make the move, not me. So Tua to the Washington football team for Tyler Heineke and a third. No, just for the third. Keep Tyler Heineke. I'm going to roll Brissett out for the rest of the season. But you don't have a backup. I go pick up uh, Jim Jones uh, or <laughs> Tyler uh, Collins, you know what I mean? <laughs> Who cares? I'm, I'm gonna pay him the minimum. I bring up the guy having the practice squad. Oh, so you're trying to tank anyway? So, yeah, so you don't okay, yeah, I yeah, got yeah. You. never mind. I'm, I'm getting Deshaun, I'm gonna have a high draft <laughs> pick next year. I'm bringing Deshaun in, and then we're gonna go. But, but now you have to keep in mind, Deshaun just signed like a four year extension. Just because you don't get them today, don't mean that they won't come off their high horse next year either. So the difference is the, the, next the, year you may have several teams that are the, let's say for instance once uh, Aaron Rodgers does whatever the hell he gonna do and let's say it ends up not being Pittsburgh and let's hey. say that now Denver is by the end of the year they're completely out on Bridgewater and Hurts does something that makes Philly out. I mean it's a bunch of teams that can get in the race and make the price even higher by season's end versus giving up the the three ones and player or whatever that they're looking for right now all that sounds good but the one thing that remains the same is the guy has a no trade clause so you can say i'm getting involved all you want the new york giants can come calling the jets anybody can call but the guy has a no trade clause so if he doesn't want to go to these cities he's not going this is miami florida no state tax beautiful weather beautiful women even though you're in trouble with women i was about to say i I was just about to say sidebar right um does he really need to go to my Look, if he can't make it in Houston, I don't know what the hell is going to happen to him on South Beach. He may need to go to Denver or somewhere. At this point, I don't think the Dolphins should budge when they offer. I would maybe even decrease my offer. I'm not sure what the offer you know is right now, but knowing that this guy, is, this is the only team on his radar, I'll get him for free in the offseason because you can't afford to pay him for another season and let him sit. You're you going to cut him or what? You're going to do something. So I'll I'll sit back and chill if it was me. I think with the money that he gets this year, they can they have every right to keep him the rest of the season. Even more so, I think the Miami has to make this trade 
because rest of schedule, you still got to go against you got to go against the Ravens. We don't know what the Panthers are going to look like. You got to pay New Orleans, who is going to be an up and rising team in a finish out the season, Tennessee and the Patriots. They're still a playoff team, regardless of uh, performance to this point. They need Watson. It's not a matter of if they want to. I think Flores is going to be the one on the out, definitely, and possibly, like uh, Xavier said, the GM, because you keep saying it's your quarterback, but he's not playing to the apparatus in which you thought your offense would be. Y'all went 11-5, and five and he, he played almost less than half the season. So even this year, he's looking erratic. He's looking his play, his passes is off. The t- interceptions, like, he's not – after this Bills game, Flores needs to – you need to start talking about who your quarterback is and worry about your own job because – That part. He about, he about the, to get killed. But the crazy <laughs> thing about it, a lot of people want to pour the blame on Tua, but the defense is not playing as well as they played last year. You know, they're on the field a lot. They, they ain't very many first downs. I um, get it, but I, I mean, Tua, he's not great, but he's not the issue on this team losing games right now. They're not stopping Tua. anyone, and they have their run game is obsolete. They got three goofy running backs, and nobody's doing anything. Nobody's separating from anybody. Brown's oh, not no. doing it. Bra- Brown's hurt. Brown's on IR. Just he, you know. he he wasn't doing it. Amai uh, wasn't doing it. Gaskin's not. There's no one separating themselves saying, "Hey, I'm the man, and this is my job." The, the run I game is completely disagree. Because what, you, look at what it. are you looking at? What what are you not looking at? So let's break like let's go back to two of the points you just made. This is a guy, a quarterback, who said, I did not know the playbook. This is my quarterback, my franchise quarterback. <laughs> but, yeah. okay. Remember COVID. Remember, you know, no offseason coming off of an injury, COVID. So just in that one year. I kind of got to give him a point for being honest versus taking away a point for but not knowing because he didn't have At the same time. time, what are we looking at? Because the guy just played Atlanta. He threw, he completed 80% of his passes, had four touchdowns, 291. The game before that completed 70% of his passes, two touchdowns, one pick, 329. My, my mother could throw that against No, No, team. she cannot. No, she cannot. Bro, your mother how many be, picks did he have no, against Atlanta? No, your though? mother be Luke Falk. That's the guy, see? <laughs> Luke, that was, that was the guy from the Jets a few years ago. Luke Falk. Two was not playing that bad. Here's the thing that you have to think of They're in not this division anybody. and in, in the NFL in general. When you put the moniker on a quarterback of not playing that bad, that means he's not a franchise quarterback. That means he's a Teddy Bridgewater. He's a Baker Mayfield. He's, a, he's one of those guys that we hope to not have on our personal teams. Wait, so they're not run- okay. When he said he disagreed with the run game, who is Tim who's running the ball well? You say like Miles Sanders, Gaskins is super underutilized in this team. Super he's not, he's not doing okay. This guy has no hundred yard games this year. This guy has no rushing touchdowns this year. That's what I'm saying. They have absolutely no run game. Okay, so I'm supposed to take Tua. Oh, Tua did good against the Jaguars and the and the Falcons. Those are the only he, two games that he played for. I mean, besides the first game of the season. Against the Colts, because he played the Colts, right? A that's the first game, game of the season. The right? He, no, that's uh what is that? October eleventh. Then he played No, he, he did play not play game. no, he did not play the Colts. That was uh Jacoby Brissett. Come on now. Right. Keep that's up. my point. That's my point. But he that's hurt. my point. Tampa Bay. Well, he did anything against Tampa Bay. He no, did not he play got, against Tampa Bay. Come That's on now, come point. with me. That's so you're talking about somebody who did good against the Jaguars and the Falcons. But these are the really? games that he was in. The, I only can go off what he's shown me. I can't go off. If he would have been here, he wasn't here. He was hurt. Well, well if, if that's the direction that we're going to go, and I can only go off of what you've shown me, 
that means I have to look at what you did last year too, because I can't just go off of what you showed me against two of the worst defenses in the league. But we talking about I can't about not go year. get the shine. I'm, I'm not talking about last year. I'm talking about this. I get year. it, but when you throw two interceptions against Atlanta, I mean, what you gonna do the against dude the Rams? Four touchdowns. Did, did you watch that game? I don't think eighty percent. He completed 80 percent of his passes were completed. Eighty percent. Did you see uh, what's the average depth of target? You can complete 80% of passes when you when you deacon and dunking down the field. Hey, That's a part of the reason why they don't feel they can win with this guy. No, the part of the they're not stopping anybody, dog. They just gave up 30 points to Atlanta. Because the defense doesn't get off the field. <laughs> no, nah, it's not it's, it. it's, it's, it's the chicken also, or the egg. It's, bro, it's the reason is, why the defense sucks if you know football, last year. If you know football, they don't the reason, have Fitzpatrick coming in and no, taking over. It's because on, they don't have a run game. A run game keeps the defense on the sideline. They don't have a run game. And why don't they have a run game? Because you can keep them have the run because they because they no. don't have a good quarterback. Because they have three stooges at running back. They don't have a good running back. I would not classify Gaskins okay. as that. Look what, at what Gaskins oh, Y'all want to talk, y'all want to dissect this man's stats. Show me what Gaskins has done. But he's done absolutely nothing you, this you, year. You can't, you, you can't say that the okay. numbers okay, here we go. dictate the talent. The same the same way as Joe was saying about your like like Miles Sanders, it's not that he's all of a sudden not talented. He's not being utilized. Like you can't put so that on 19 him. touches is not being utilized. Come yeah. on, somebody. You got to look at the quality of touches. Well, oh, damn, not, damn, not the quality. Yes, no, absolutely. No, no, no. He had 19 touches, bro. What Watch more this. utilization do you need? Watch this. Tampa went crazy. 10 receptions, 74 yards. He had a good, he had a fairly decent game. He even scored two tutties, right? Next game, he only get three carries. No, he has five carries. I'm looking at it right here. Was it against Indianapolis last time? He, two no, carries, no, no. three. He had the Tampa. That was before the game after. Okay. He had okay. Yeah, okay. Oh, look, even even better, right? Even better. Right. We can do that. <laughs> five. Look, look. Five carries, and then what he got receptions. He only had he only yeah. had, he had two receptions. Right. So you went from underused. flaming underutilized. You wanted to get a man and everybody. That's not his fault. I'm not, not saying it's his fault, but they don't have a run game. I'm not saying but it's if, him. They don't have a, a run game. Quarterback. What did you do against New England? Then what did you do against? That's the, the first. Bills? Ga- that's the first game of the season. He didn't have a good game against New England. Okay, but then what you do against the Bills? He did. He got hurt that game. Then you come back and then you and that's an, and that's actually another part of the puzzle. And as he well. played well. He, he continuously gets hurt. I'm not saying Tua is the the god. I'm not saying he's the franchise. Yeah. He's the key. What I'm saying is this team is losing games because you said the record they had last year. They was the the lead in the league and and take away. Takeaways last year, uh, they had the number one scoring defense last year. That's why they was winning games last year. It wasn't because of the offensive play. The defense was playing a lot better. They're not playing well this year. They're getting toasted on the back end. Byron Jones been hurt. Xavier Howard been hurt. They have nothing going on on defensive end. That's why they're losing games. And yet, Deshaun Watson with no defense pretty much the entire time he's been a Houston Texan outside of one player, J.J. Watt. No, 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 no. They had Clowney. They had some guys. They had uh, no, Merciless. No, 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 don't, don't, don't get they me wrong. They had guys, but their had, defense, their defense has, as a whole no, has not no. been what Miami has had. So what I'm saying is don't if you can get a guy that can win in spite of versus having a guy that you have to throw out, well, our defense sucks, so that's why he's losing. No, I don't no, no. care about that. You it's bring Deshaun. No, you're you missing the point. You bring Deshaun in if you can, of course. But what I'm saying is I don't trade for him if I know I'm the only place he want to be. That makes absolutely no sense. Right, I but the argument capital. is, is Tua good enough? And what I'm saying is if you have all of these other warts that you have to overcome, that doesn't make it more likely that Tua should be the guy. 
that makes it more likely I that never, he should go somewhere else. I never argued that he's not good enough for to win a championship. That wasn't the argument. The argument was this team is losing games because they're not playing no defense. It's not yeah, my the, argument the is if they had Watson over Tua, a lot of these the defense would still be same, shitty. Yeah, the I agree. Would still be shitty, and they would still be in a position to win because of the and, quarterback. And they still would not win anything. I still not going to Super Bowl. They're still You've not going to be a championship team. You seen what Watson did in Houston with with right. a lesser It was defense. not a championship team. I didn't did. say it was a championship team. That's what we're talking about. That's what you about. said. That's I'm not talking about a championship. I'm hey, talking about not losing hey, as much as you currently are. I never how many games they won last year? I, th- yeah, were, uh, I, think, I, think, I think Joe said 11. So how many games you think they win? So how many games you think the, the Dolphins win with Watson? Enough to make the playoffs. No, 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 no. no, no see, don't, do that. don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. How mean, many do games that? do the Dolphins win as Watson as a quarterback? I think you can account for at least two to three more games. So you're trying to tell me. Seven of those close games. So you're telling me the Dolphins will win 14 games? I said 12 or 13. Oh, so one or two more games. Yes, and that's all you need to get into the playoffs. If they had won 13 games, they'd be in the playoffs. <laughs> that's the difference between you being a who, bottom dweller, or, or excuse me, being a meddling team that's always in the middle, so you can't get so better. So you're telling me you the difference between the two guys? An opportunity at a championship. So they the can only difference a New is York Giants type team or two that games? get in and win it. So the only yes. difference is one. That doesn't make sense. Then it does. It makes a nah. whole lot of sense. Nah, to trade. Two to three games is major in NFL. Two to three games is the difference between going to the playoffs and not going to the playoffs. No, nah, you said two or three. Which one year. is it? You, you keep moving the finish line. So, is I don't it know. one or it's two, a, or is it two or three? It's a freaking oh. prognostication or something that hasn't happened. So, of course, I don't have a solid. I don't want to use the big words. Is it one or two, or is it two or three? You, you, I don't you, what, know. What are we doing? So, look, All so I now. do know is Watson is a is a beast, and he uh, they would win more he games. Is. That's what he I can is. tell you. But if you're going to tell me they're going to win one more game, that's, is that worth it? Okay, three, if it'll make you happy. Give me two or so three they, more So games. you tell me they're going to be a 14? Watson is that much okay, better than two. Three. So that means this team is going to be a 14, a 14 winning team. That's what you're telling me. The Dolphins would I'm, be with Watson. I, I'm saying with the defense that they had last year, oh, which man. is what we're basing the record off of, the defense that they had last year right. and Watson being the quarterback, yes, they would win 14 Thank games. Thank you. Yes. So you're making my case. They're not winning I am because not the, your case. you are because they're I not, not winning because of the defense. Hold on. No, hold on. that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this team right now with this defense wouldn't win 14 games. Okay, but they then. still win more games than what okay. they're going to win with Tua. So maybe it goes from that 14 down to 11 game. or 12. No, it doesn't. Oh, three what more I'm games. saying is at the end of the day, <laughs> Tua is not that dude. And Watson will win you more games, period. Not I only agree. that, but uh, Watson is more likely to allow you to bring in some of those free agents that don't want to touch Miami, not because of the location, but because of the talent on the team. If you have a guy that is 25 years old and likely to be your starting quarterback, already considered a top five quarterback in the league for the next 15, 20 years, you are steering your franchise in a completely different direction than this if or maybe. You're it essentially saying, good. what if I can get Aaron Rodgers right now instead of having to deal with Baker Mayfield for the next 15 years? It sounds That's the good. difference that we're talking about. Wait, this guy didn't bring any free agents to Houston. Wait, they didn't have the got... nucleus. Oh, Miami shit. already has a team. All they're missing is a quarterback. On, Come on. Wait, so I know we got like several other matchups, but I want to just touch on this last point, right? This quick stat, right? Seattle... Philly, Jacksonville, two and five, two and five, one and five, one and six. Can we talk about Miami? They're all bottom four in possession. So that defense, to Xavier's point, is constantly on the field, constantly. So how is it the defense fault for having to be on the field 
two-thirds of a game compared to the offense. Are you listening? The team That's was needed. number the team was the number one scoring defense been last hurt year. All season on both of the, the DBs. This Maybe is why they, Brian the, Jones hurt. Right, right. But this is but if why you're he, a quarterback, Watson four and twelve last year. MVP season. Damn. Hardly no defense. Playing out of his mind. Two a tongue of a low. I'm not saying he's nowhere near Watson. He's not. I'll say it. He's four and twelve. Like, you oh, have Watson only won four games last year? Four games. They oh wow. Okay, twelve. continue. So MVP caliber. Tua to me, he's about to get flamed. He he might be he might break his other hip this weekend. They <laughs> one and six. To me, at least they could be nine and seven if they bring in Watson. Because they're gonna take an L to the Bills. He's gonna give you those others eight wins. If you I don't understand that point. Like if you're thinking this guy can make you win this many, he only won four games on his own last year. Yeah, you're right. And that's yeah. exactly what it was. He won four games by his damn self. Okay. And put him on a team. He's gonna be by team. He's gonna be by his damn self so, again, so, then because so, so let, this no, team is not no, stopping anyone. No. Miami is a much better team than Houston as a whole. So much better. Miami is a much better organization than Houston as a whole. So actually, to answer your previous question. He's worth four games because that's what he gave Houston, and they literally had nobody that, else. That, 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 that's not a difference. He's worth you four can't games. Say that. It doesn't make sense. It you gonna say he's worth sense. four games? He just and did he it. Got only one four games, and he, he just got did one. Okay, let, let's look at it this way: those four games, he was the reason and the only reason that they won them. Of Tua's games, you can pick any game that you want to pick from this year or last year. Give me the game that they won because of Tua and not in spite of. I'll wait. What you mean? I mean, you get to go back. What you mean? What knows? I mean? It was a simple who knows? Question. What, what I'm saying is, did you watch the what, game? What, what you mean? Who knows? You're talking about last they year. Won in spite of that man, not because it's just again, it's Listen. the same as Baker Mayfield. The Browns aren't winning because of Baker; they're winning in spite of Baker. It's the same scenario. No, again, Houston to, to... wins because of Watson. So if you put someone who wins because of you on a team that's able to pull out wins in spite of the guy that they have, one plus one equals two. That's all I'm saying. Like that, That's all I'm saying. Again, like I was saying, the team is on the field a lot more this year than last year because they was getting takeaways last year. So they was getting off the field. They was the number one team in scoring defense. That means they're getting off the field. They're not, you know what I'm saying? They're on the sideline. That's why. It's the, that's the difference. So let me ask you a quick question then. With your football knowledge, would you say that if your defense is taking a turn and you're unlikely to re-sign um, um, Xavier Howard anyway, wouldn't you think that that means that your offense, in order for you to stand any chance at all, has to increase? And can't we both agree that there isn't but so much more of a ceiling or an increase for Tua, which means it makes it that much more important that you go out and get a Watson or someone of that stature to increase your Bro, offense? Because like I'm you not said, you're going to win the games for you. I like Watson. I'm, what I'm saying I'm is, talking against Tua. I, I mean, I, I, hell, you could put another quarterback is, in there if you want to other than Watson. I'm what just I'm saying, saying is Tua, Tua is not the reason why this team is losing games. And what I'm year. saying is this team needs a quarterback that can be the reason that they win versus it being a conversation of you're not the reason why we lost that's all i'm saying he wasn't he's not the reason they're losing that's all i, can I say. didn't say that he's the reason what i'm saying is they that's need a quarterback saying. that can be the reason why they win not a quarterback that you can say well he's just that bad you can't say that that's he's the fine i'm okay with them getting this new quarterback but what i'm saying is again we're talking about this team losing games the reason why they're losing games is not the quarterback play that's what i'm saying that's it it hasn't it's do also it. it's also Watson not hasn't do anything winning. else it's not two losing these games. The defense is not 
we'll, and then the lack we'll, of run we'll game. agree to disagree. No, it's the truth. Yeah, okay. Well, truth, look at the defensive comparison from last year. It's a truth is totally different. It's a totally different two different team. And I can also say, look at Tua in comparison to last year. He should be a whole lot better. But he, he is playing better this year than last year. He didn't throw well, four touchdowns in a game last year. Again, you didn't see the game because you wouldn't be so impressed by that stat line if you actually saw the game. Hey, all but, I know is he completed eighty percent and four touchdowns. Okay. If I give you, you know, you know who, you know, you know who else who did that in several games that you hate? Fitzpatrick. He put That's up better true. numbers than that, but you told me he was garbage. But now we're leaning on one game. Fitzpatrick is not out there throwing eighty percent, bro. So you, so what you're saying is he hasn't had one game against a bad team where he ended up with eighty percent four touchdowns. That's what you're saying. He's had games with four touchdowns. But I asked you a specific not eighty percent. No, not eighty. I'm answering okay. it. Four okay. touchdowns. Yeah, I'll, sure. I'll, I'll show you where you're wrong. Please, I'll show you where you're wrong. Please, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely show you where you're wrong. He's, he's had several. Can games I say where he's I'm been enjoying this no, not several. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> not several. With that being I'm said. In. Let's keep it moving. We got the Bengals going up against the Jets. This is a 42-point over-under and a 10.5-point spread. The Cincinnati Bengals are obviously the favorite. The predicted score is at 29.8 versus 13.5. I don't see the Jets competing very much. I don't even see very much to talk about in this game, to be honest with you. I have no Jets that I want to start. And everything from running back, wide receiver, quarterback, defense, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you got them starting for the bingo. Anybody disagree? Agree. Why are we even talking about this game? Touche. Titans versus the Colts. <laughs> 51, point, 51 point over under. This game is predicted to be pretty close. Yo, I, I've really enjoyed watching Indy. Uh, despite all of the things that they've had to deal with, they are really playing ball. They're really playing hard. And I can see this being a sort of a trap game for the uh, Tennessee Titans that are kind of now going in the right direction. But this one, again, is a 51-point over-under, so a lot of points to be scored here. There's only a one-point spread. And the right. predicted score is Tennessee 24 Indy 25. So this one is going to be, I think, one of the most competitive games of the week, and, and I'm, I'm here for it. I definitely want to watch this game. Uh, what you guys got on this one? I'm definitely interested in seeing uh, that Indianapolis defense against Derrick Henry. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, And last year, he ripped them up. I mean, last year, he had a 178 and three touchdown game on him. Sheesh. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, right. So, and I know uh, Darius Leonard. The hometown kid, you know, that team, they're going to be motivated to, to slow him up, you know, because now everybody's going in and like, yo, we got to stop this guy. You know what I mean? But again, I want to see if Taney Hill can take advantage of those one-on-ones because if you watched the game last week, I didn't think I'd see a day where defenses are playing one-on-one on A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Like, really? Like, 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 one-on-one coverage? But I mean, and, you got to. Y'all not got beating them? I'd rather go one-on-one with Julio and Brown all day before I try to put a linebacker on, on Henry by himself. Because that ain't going to right, – he put up 178 when you had the safety helping. Right. Tanny so, Hill finally had a pretty decent game last week. Yeah, he did. He did. So, hopefully he can continue on that. But I'm, I'm definitely playing the guys. Play all your guys. You know what I'm saying? T.Y. Hill was supposed to be back in this game too. Okay. I'm not playing him. But um, you wouldn't, you wouldn't. I mean, in this high of an over under, you don't think he might get that fifty yard bomb? I don't know. Is he going to stay in the game the whole game? I think I like Pittman. 
as a as a better pass catcher in this yeah, game. Yeah, well, absolutely. I definitely say Pittman. Oh. I don't know about that because when T.Y. Uh, came back from injury, Pittman didn't have more than 50 yards. Right. He looked good. But he's going to get Houston, which he always tears a, a, he a hole in the boot. them a new asshole. Yeah. I don't know what yeah, it is about Houston. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was going to come back for that game. Yeah. Or not. I don't know what it is about Houston, man, but he just <laughs> – it's like year in, year out. He just like spanks them, man. We got the Steelers going up against the Browns. Uh, this game has a three and a half point spread with Cleveland being the favorites. Um, now, I don't know if that number changes at all, and it probably wouldn't change if it went from Baker to Chase or however that works out. 42 and a half point over under in this one. I have a bad feeling about the Pittsburgh offense in this game. I think Cleveland's defense is going to step up. You definitely aren't going to get as many bites at the apple, if you will, in this type of a game because Cleveland loves to run the ball. Chubb is going to be back. You still got Deionis Johnson. They're going to run the air out of the ball, no matter who the quarterback is, because they need to be put in a situation to whereas the same as we was talking about Tua, Baker Mayfield is one of those quarterbacks that he might not be the reason why you lose, but nine times out of 10, he ain't going to be the reason why you win. And if you give him too many bites at the apple, he might just be the one to throw an interception at an inopportune time, et cetera, et cetera. But I got a feeling that Cleveland is going to win this one. I think they are going to cover, and I believe that Pittsburgh is going to come out a little stale on offense. No, I agree totally, man. Um, offensively, uh, Chubb would probably be the only guy I like on the Cleveland side. To be honest, I don't like any of the receivers. Um, I want to hmm, I want to say Landry would probably be, if you must play a pass catch on this team, go with Landry. I, I don't know if he's playing, though. He's, really? He, um, he had that uh, that uh, setback. I don't, I don't know if they've had a, a update on it, but he got hurt in the game on Sunday, ended up coming out of the game, and I don't believe he's practiced as of yet this week. So if he does play, it's unlikely that he's going to be playing at 100%. I don't think Cleveland's that good against the pass. So I think you might want to, uh, you know, the pass catches a, a, a Pittsburgh, a Claypool, maybe to get him involved. I like him this week. Okay, so he's dealing with a new knee injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday, didn't practice um, – We'll, we'll know by end of day whether he even gave it a shot today, but it's an MCL injury that previously cost him four games. So it's not the shoulder. It's a MCL, and it's a, a, a reoccurrence um, of an injury. So we'll, we'll know a little bit closer to the weekend whether or not Landry is even going to give it a go. But uh, he and Peoples-Jones and OBJ, uh, they're, they're top three receivers may all be out to be honest yeah i'm I'm keeping a lookout on uh denzel ward he had a hamstring he didn't practice wednesday because if he ain't no go it's deontay claypool james i'll fire james washington bump that denzel's a pivoted uh part of their scheme and i think uh if he doesn't play that's a big injury like a person to look out for as far as injury he don't play i'm firing up deontay i got deontay regardless but claypool definitely we have the Eagles going up against the Lions. This game is a 48-point over-under uh, with a three-and-a-half-point spread, um, just like the last one. The Detroit Lions are the underdogs. I have a gut feeling that this might be the one win of the season for Detroit. <laughs> Here's the thing. The, the predicted score is 27-20, to 20, uh, Detroit's way. Mm. I 
this is okay. So this is my dilemma. This is completely personal. This is something that I need my friends to help me out because I'm not only a client, I'm the player president. So you have options between Mixon going up against the Jets, Aaron Jones going up against Arizona, and Swift going up against the Eagles. Only two starting running back spots. And actually, little known fact to most, but Swift actually has more points than both of those guys. Only a couple more. He's at like 95 in the standard league. And they're at like 92, 93. They're all right in that same general area. But who are your two? Who's the odd man out? I think the odd man out would be Aaron Jones for me. If you're looking at the matchups. Matchups. I mean, I understand uh, and maybe get a little more uh, look maybe with the, you know, as far as pass catching. But if you look at the matchups, I mean, I mean, come on, Mixon. He got the Jets, who's I think the worst. They're the worst and then um, have, run defense uh, out there. Did you see what Harris did to them in New England last week? Right. And Philly is like top five? I, I think they are number five. Oh, the, so, number, the, the fifth, number five from the bottom. Right. So I think um, now I, I'm, the only thing that, that, that scares me about mixing is, it, I don't know if y'all noticing it, but it seems like the Bengals are turning to a pass-heavy team. So mm-hmm. it seems like they're kind of getting away from giving him them some touches I would like to see him around the backfield. And maybe but in it was this because particular of the game, yeah, maybe they're going to be so far ahead right. that they, I, I don't foresee them in the fourth quarter doing much other than running. All right, because he had 12 carries against Baltimore. And, and, and how, like, many, how many um, no, targets? None. No targets? <laughs> none. So, okay. <laughs> so okay. I'm like, okay, uh, are they starting to turn the corner on this guy? It you know looks like saying? they're pulling a, a a Dallas Cowboys. The same thing they did with right. with, with Zeke. When, but the when, same, but the same as the Cowboys. Now to cut you off, you bringing all these pass catches. Like this is what you're doing. Right. The, that's what I'm saying. That's right, what I'm speaking to. Right. Yeah. Right. So when the Cowboys was first creating this team, it was built around mm-hmm. the run with all these offensive linemen. Yep. Then they start bringing in the Gallops and then the Lambs and then Cooper. Like so now we turn into a pass team, and I think with Boyd Higgins and Chase. And Uzama, that's that's a good that's a good call right there. This is what the team's becoming. So did you just change crazy. your own mind, or are you still saying mixing and uh, I'm, Swift? No, I'm still saying mixing and Swift because of the defenses they they're going against. I'm gonna have to uh, go towards taking mixing out, um, just to all the points that Jab made. But plus two, it's a really close split between him and Samaji. Even last week, week seven, it was 54 percent mixing. 48% lean to uh, P run in that situation. Mm-hmm. And even going back to weeks five, it's been uh, 61 28. Well, 28 61. I think that's when Mixon came back from injury. And I think P um, Ryan got hurt actually. Yep. So it's a close, close split between the two as far as it, those guys. It's definitely extremely close. But let me ask you a quick question, what? Joe. Yeah. Who do you see get? Who's the who has the better chance of getting a rushing touchdown, Mixon or, or Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones, he had 19 last year. In, in a matchup, which is going to be a focal point on the run game, he's an extension of both. He can get two tutties on both ends or two and one either way. But Arizona is like the best, right? Isn't Arizona the best in the league against the run? But they don't got J.J. Watt. I don't know what it is with LaFleur. He gets really exotic in the red zone with these run concepts, and they pay off, man. They pay dividends. And the other thing I'm looking at, too, in the red zone, Nine times out of ten, it's gonna go to Robert Tanyan or it's gonna go to Jones. Whether it's a whether it's a run or a pass, I think the passing out of the backfield is gonna be easier to accomplish than attempting to pass it to a guy that's not comfortable catching that that only gets two three targets per game. Right. Uh, I'm really feeling like it's six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. 
I'm I'd just like thinking to... Dylan may play a part in this game. Oh, I definitely think so too, Dylan. Yeah. But I like the usage. At least, is, at least I already know what I'm getting because even looking at the last three games, it's it's a you know three fourth to one fourth ratio. It's week seven was seventy three percent Aaron Jones, twenty three percent Dylan. Week before that, fifty nine forty two. Week five was sixty nine thirty three. So we know Aaron Jones is the focal point, but Dylan is gonna get some heavy usage in garbage time, and then I, in a minute, I can actually see some. Are several plays where Dylan is the running back and Jones is out there as a receiver. To be honest with you, right, right, right. I mean, I, I, I mean, matter of fact, they've done that when Adams and Lazar weren't hurt. So I can definitely see them, <laughs> you know, doing a little bit of that on this evening. We have, let's see here, the Panthers going up against the Falcons. I'm hoping this will be a get-right game for the Panthers. They, they started out looking like they were gonna be something this year and now now that well cmc got hurt so never right. mind you're looking at a 46 point over under in this one a three point spread atlanta is essentially only favorited by the three that you get for being at home so vegas sees this has been a very close and a very even game which is kind of soul crushing for carolina because if you're even with atlanta that means you ain't shit so I, this this may be a good game because neither team is quite in position to do much. Sam Darnold got benched last week because of how bad he was playing. Maybe Sam Darnold is completely a product of CMC, who is on IR. I'm hoping that DJ Moore can get a touchdown in this one. He's going to get his targets. He's going to get his catches. But Atlanta secondary isn't all that. What do you guys see going on in this one? Uh, I definitely see Hubbard having a pretty good game like Joe alluded to earlier in the podcast. And I do like Cordell Patterson and uh, Kyle Pitts on the other end. Still not a fan of with the way the uh, Falcons are using Ridley. He caught a touchdown last week, but it was on a like a goal line crossing route type of thing. It, it's just sad to see them like they just send this guy across the formation on all his routes. And Kyle Pitts is really starting to show why he was that top pick as a tight end in the draft this Absolutely. past season. So I see yeah. Kyle Pitts continuing that. Again, I like the Cordell Patterson and uh, Hubbard. And, of course, DJ Moore also as far as the position players in this game. Yeah, I'm I'm really mm, big on – actually, I think this might be a good matchup for really to get, get right. I um, hope so. Gilmore is back. Gilmore is back. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So the Panthers have hella <laughs> cornerbacks now. They, they that, that's the, their deepest position now, actually. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think you know what with with the on with Sam Darnold, it's just a copycat league, and they're just seeing now that if you give him a look of cover one and cover three, and you just take away Robbie Anderson, which is the biggest part of their offense, believe it or not, that you all you got to worry about is DJ, and people are now putting their better guys and rolling coverage across the middle to kind of minimize his looks. For that reason, I don't know if I'm going to be heavy on DJ. I mean, you still got to roll him. He's getting over 10, 12 targets a game. But just knowing how the coverage is starting to roll over to him, yeah. um, I wouldn't expect a touchdown, but I can definitely take any yards that he could put up. Right, I agree. We got the Patriots going up against the Chargers. This is a 49-point uh, total mm. with a five-point spread. The New England Patriots are the underdogs here by that five. This is going to be, I think this is going to be a, a, a game of matchup. And what I mean by that is what the Chargers are good at is what New England is good at defending. And what New England is good at is what the Chargers are good at kind of fending off. So I can actually send, see this game 
uh, coming in under that total, uh, just because I don't think either team is going to be able to score as much as Vegas is implying based on the other team's strengths and weaknesses. Um, what you guys got in this? Oh, man, um, I agree with you when you said that. Um, I still like the Chargers. I think they're going to cover that five, to be honest with you. It is a good matchup of the brain versus the kid, Belichick versus Herbert. You know what I mean? I like that matchup. But the Chargers, I think they just have a lot more weapons, a lot more success. The uh, Patriots corner went down. Was it Jones? Yeah, J- uh, uh, J.C. Jones is hurt, and I don't know that he plays this week. Right. One of the, probably one of the better corners. So I like Mike Williams to continue the the game he's been having. It's funny, right? With this new coordinator, a guy like Keenan Allen has just faded to the back. He's been a disappointment for fantasy owners who draft him where they drafted him at this year. I mean, but if they watch the show, they would have known that I alluded to the offensive coordinator from New Orleans, bringing in that offense and making him the Mike Thomas. I think this matchup is going to be really good. Like you said, it's a big defensive matchup. It's hard to say because I think you you would think Keenan Allen would get uh you know some type of look. I don't know. It's hard to say, man. I think Eckler for sure is gonna definitely go off. We have the Jaguars going up against the Seahawks. Can't get right going up against the my QB is hurt, and we have nothing without them. So 43 and a half point over under on this one. The Jaguars are the underdog by only three points. With Geno in there, essentially Seattle is equal to Jacksonville, is what Vegas is saying. I really don't like anybody on the Seattle side other than maybe Collins. I can see as long as he's healthy, he's going to get the rock quite a bit. On the Jaguar side, I can actually see this being somewhat of a get-right game just based on the fact that Seattle doesn't have much of a secondary, and I can see the Jaguars throwing the rock pretty much the entire time. Seattle has also had a little bit of difficulty against the better running backs, so I can see Robinson have a decent game on here as well. I agree totally, man. I think Robinson going to continue to get fed and continue to play well this game. And I, I'm not a fan of anybody offensively on the Seattle side as long as Geno's at quarterback. Metcalf was able to save his fantasy day by one big play. One play. <laughs> you know one I mean? play. Other than that, they suffered. So I'm fading the entire Seahawks. <laughs> Sad to say. But James Robinson. That means a lot coming from you, Joe. Yeah, that, really hurt, that hurt. But James Robinson is going to go off. I, I wish I had James Robinson in any of my leagues. Great anticipatory runner. Great receiver. People don't give him hardly any credit for receiving. I don't know if Bobby Wagner can keep up with him all game. And Adams, for whatever reason, he's scared to tackle. He got all that money. Well, Joe, I have you to thank for not having Robinson in, in one of my most important leagues because I drunk <laughs> your Kool-Aid and I traded Robinson instead of trading Sanders. Because Sanders was going to be a world beater this year, and I didn't want to have egg on my face. And it was like the game after, uh, I think it was the app right after the first game, and he didn't really get that, that much run uh, with Urban Meyer trying to pass the ball like he was still in college. Um, so the, that combination had me ship off uh, Robinson and, and keep Sanders. So we, we see how, how that's turned. i just like to say thank you very much for that. <laughs> we have... Washington football team going up against the Broncos. This one is a 44-point over-under, so one of the lower ones uh, of the week. This is, again, one of those games where the home team is simply favorite because they're at home. Denver's favorite by three. Washington is a three-point underdog. I got to say, for this particular setup, it's it's a flip of a coin. I, I honestly don't know how this is going to turn out, and I say that because 
if Case Keenum could do work against Denver, I can see Tyler Haneke doing the same thing, especially being that his top receiver is better than the top receivers that were in the other game. But yeah, I just kind of see this as being one of those toss-ups. I, it could go either way. So I'm, I'm unless I have to, I probably won't put very much stock in it. Yeah, this is a slack game. Not a fan of hell anybody. <laughs> I mean, you got some people I, that you might have to start, I, but I don't I, see anybody I, I, that I'm just like, oh, you got to start this. I'm, a, I'm I like the I like, I like the run game in this game for Denver. I mean, Washington coming in and not very good against the run. We'll see if this the game that Williams breaks Williams. out. Hopefully, yeah. this is the breakout time. I mean, the time is now. It's week um, eight. That's about the time that it happens. Yeah, this, I think this is a, a, a good opportunity for that to happen. But offensively, I'm not a fan of the Washington Redskins. They're going to get a really good defense on the Denver side. McLaurin probably be held in check a little bit this game. So I don't see him having the games he's used to having this season. Um, but let's see if Judy comes back and does something well. I do like Judy. I That's think true, play too. Him. That's true, too. We got three other matchups to get into real quick here. We got the Buccaneers versus the Saints. We kind of talked about this just a little bit. The Saints are home dogs by five and a half. So Vegas thinks Tampa Bay is going to go in there and, and light a fire. The total on this one is 50 points. If you got Tom Brady, his pass catchers, Fournette on the other end, the only thing that you can do against Tampa Bay in this situation is probably going to be running it. I can see Mark Ingram getting a touchdown and like 30 yards, 40 yards, nothing major as far as yards are concerned at all. I can see Kamara now because he doesn't have to be the running back on every play being more of a pass catcher than what he was before. So that's going to be an interesting game. But the projected score on that one, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 30 and New Orleans at 20. Yeah, I, could, I like Jameis Winston this game. Not only a revenge game, but also playing against a very poor Tampa Bay secondary. I think you should fight the Buccaneers as, you know, just the norm. Just play it as normal. But uh, if you're looking for a streaming quarterback, I think Jameis, this is a, a really good spot for him. Oh, yeah. This matchup, I'm heavily on Mike Evans. Mike Evans with uh, Antonio Brown out has been on a spree. I'm telling you. I think uh, he had a multiple touchdowns, I think, the last two games. And I think not having A.B. is going to even bode well for him. And plus, he's go- he's leaking the, the wide receiver core heavily and even targets by a mile. I do not like Mike Evans this game. He has usually disappointed against the Saints. They got Lattimore over there, right? Yep. If you look at last year, he had three targets for one catch for three yards. It was a touchdown, but it's three yards. He had one catch for three yards in the game. And also, you know, they played twice in the season. The other game was one catch for two yards. So in two games against the Saints last year, this guy had four catches for five yards. I do not like Mike Evans this game. Yeah, but I think um, the main main thing with this offense is that now this is a full year under Arian's system. And what also goes well for him is he has Godwin and now Grunt coming back. Because how they like to – how they they put the focus on the defense and strain the defense is they have those two-man concepts – well, three-man concepts – tight ends, uh, Godwin, and Evans, and they kind of exploit the matchup in the sense where it's like, are you going – they're going to dip and dunk it either way. So they're going to either get Godwin or they're going to get Evans, but in the red zone they're going to heavily feature Evans. So that's why I just like how they stack one side of the field and they just get him the ball. That's another reason I don't like him because Grant's coming back, who has – seemed like he's taking over uh, yeah, the red zone. It looked I mean, like Evans took over what Gronk was doing. Correct. Because Gronk wasn't necessarily. Just like there. last year, Evans is yeah, more the red zone true. guy. 
This year, Gronk came in and he kind of took a back seat. So now that Gronk is back, the dink and dunk doesn't favor Evans. He's catching balls around the end zone. He doesn't catch the balls from 20 to 20. Maybe Godwin will have a good game. I was about to say, this is going to be, a, this right. feels like a Godwin game. Right. Uh, we got the Cowboys going up against the Vikings. That's going to be a 55 point. I think that may actually be the highest. Uh, but the Cowboys going up against the Vikings, 55 point over under there. It's a one and a half point spread, meaning that Vegas feels that Dallas is going to win in a pretty close game here. Start them if you got them. I wouldn't start the defenses when there's a total that high. But outside of that, this is going to be a good high scoring, uh, a great fantasy type of game. Agreed, man. Fire them all up. The kid Gallup is he's supposed to be back. Returning. Yeah. Uh, but you fire up everybody on the Cowboys offense. You fire up everybody on the Vikings offense that you got. The uh, last matchup for the week is the Giants going up against the Chiefs. Uh, this is a 52 point over under with the Giants being the underdog by 10 points. Do the Chiefs get right in this game? Or is this one of those games where the Giants aren't the team that you want to sleep on. Uh, maybe a little of both. I mean, you definitely want to go in there and sleep on the Giants. Like Joe alluded to on many shows, the blueprint is out. It's a copycat yeah. league, and the blueprint is out on the Kansas City Chiefs right now. So I, I look for the the Giants to do what's that thing everybody's saying now? They understand the assignment. So I'm, I'm looking for right. the Giants to understand right. the assignment on this game. Uh, but if they can't break out this game, then it's probably going to be – a long season. They don't make the playoffs if they can't beat yeah. the Giants convincingly. In my right. Opinion. If they can't get past the Giants. But I do like Daniel Jones's game. The Chiefs hasn't stopped anything. A nosebleed, nothing. You know what I mean? So um, I'm not sure if Barkley's playing this game or not. But if not, I like Booker. I do like Sterling Shepard this game as well. So I like the offensive players on the Giants side. And yeah. lastly, guys, let's give a start of the week. Just one player each, doesn't matter which offensive position, a start of the week based on matchups. For me this week, my start of the week is going to be Kirk Cousins going up against the Cowboys in one of the highest over-unders. Kirk Cousins comes to play when the, when the lights are the brightest. He's probably going to have two interceptions in the game, but he's probably going to have four touchdowns. That, that's just what he tends to do when he goes up against a team that has uh, the offensive power that Dallas has. So. For this week, my start of the week is Kirk Cousins. My start of the week, man, I like Daryl Henderson. Yeah, he, he's playing against Houston. Not, you know, not one of the better run teams in the league. Daryl Henderson is quietly having a really good fantasy season. He's getting involved. He seems like he's the guy. He's not really in the timeshare or anything of that nature. So I like Henderson to have a, a really good, really big game, maybe even finish a, a top five at his position this week. Give me James Robinson as my player of the week. Just like I said earlier, for all those reasons, I think he has three touchdowns. And lastly, again, me being selfish, Tyler Higby or Robert Tanya? Oh man, I'm gonna go Higby. I don't think they both. I don't think they both not gonna do anything. But uh, I gotta go Tanya. Uh, I gotta well, go I appreciate Higby. you guys for um, clearing that up for me. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Hey, like I said, like I said prior, man, uh, the Cardinals are the number one team when points allowed to the tight end. They haven't given up a touchdown all year. And the Texans are the absolute worst. the most points. <laughs> so I got to go Higby. Yeah, okay. I, I, I mean, I, you, got, I, I, you, got, you got one and 31st, 32nd. So you got the 32nd and the first. Which way are you going to go? Is this, this should be a no-brainer. Yeah, I think the floor is great for uh, Higby. But at the same time, with so many different viable weapons on the Rams – 
that's the thing. Van Jefferson seems to be carving out a role for himself. You can't trust what the uh, Jackson's going to do or not do because for any moment he can have a four-catch game or take a 70-yard bomb. And then we already know what Cup's doing. We know Roberts from playing Seattle, what he could do at any moment. So at least with Tanya might be the number one receiver. (laughs) Exactly. With Tanya is one of those transparent things where if Aaron Rodgers have to wake up this game, it's a wrap. I don't give a fuck who the statistics is. He going to spread five wide. Everybody out there, he going to dip and dunk. So it all depends on how you look at it. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be pissed off tonight. So I'll take Tanya (laughs) for that reason. And that about wraps up the show. If you're trying to get in contact with us, Fantasy Football Fiend on Instagram, Fantasy underscore Fiend on Twitter, and Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group on Facebook. We will be on Discord, Twitch, and TikTok. We will be on all three of those platforms sometime within the next month. So look for us there as well if you utilize those platforms. Other than that, we out. Thank you.